On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Uh, the latest HSE figures this morning suggest that there are 260 people on trolleys in emergency departments across the country in acute hospitals. That's as of 8am. Of those 260, 139 were there for over nine hours. 60 of them have been there for over 24 hours. It is obviously quite a large number, but it is down quite a bit on the similar 8am figure in hospitals in the last couple of days, coming off the back of a week where we've had record overcrowding in emergency departments and elsewhere in our hospitals. Professor Alan Irvine is from the Irish Hospital Consultants Association and he's with us on the line. Um, Professor Irvin, thanks very much for joining us this lunchtime. Um, there was something of a directive from Stephen Donnelly and the HSE for consultants to work more of a seven-day shift uh, than they had previously been doing. Uh, materially, how has that impacted what's going on this weekend or what's happening differently this weekend to any other time? Yeah, so I think there's two questions there, aren't there, Gavin? The, um, the first thing is the the consultant working seven day a week. I think a lot of uh, my members find that uh, pretty bemusing, uh, uh, almost insulting as well. The consultants do work seven days a week. There's there's always cover. Like just to give you some examples, I work in two hospitals. One is uh, CHI at Crumlin. We've been on an escalation there since October because the RSV hit kids first. You know they were like the canary in the gold mine. We, we in the coal mine we saw RSV waves and kids, and there's been an escalation every day really since October. Uh, sorry been, to interrupt you mid- midstream, yeah. but what, what does that mean in practical terms? So escalation? the escalation there is that means that there's water rounds morning and evening, seven days a week. They're all every day, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Stephen's Day. There were four uh, general pediatricians in, in the morning, four again in the evening, going around trying to uh, organise discharges where they were feasible and trying to manage the situation as best we could. And the Peds Hospital hit that first. Of course, in children, we have the advantage in that children are mostly discharged to their families and to their loved ones. And their care package going home is relatively straightforward if they've had a respiratory illness. The other hospital I work in is James's. Again, there's consultants ward rounds morning and evening, seven days a week with the acute medical units. And there's another 19 uh, individual rosters for when patients need them for different specialty work. But to come back on the acute medical uh, piece, patients in there are frail and elderly and they have multiple uh, illnesses. So let's say an 85-year-old lady comes in with a fractured hip, but she's also got a heart condition and she's got a pulmonary condition as well. Now, her hip fractures. Uh, fixed but she needs to go home well she can't go home to her parents like the child can Mm. she often can't go home to her family she needs a package of care and if you look at that across the hospital's uh, scenario at the end of november when the hse's uh, published the most complete figures there were 600 patients who were medically fit for discharge they're all had their medical discharge done decisions all made but they're still in hospital and they can't get home care package discharged down to, to lower intensity care, perhaps in a private facility, perhaps in a nursing home facility. This week, that number ran at about 500. So that's about 500 people who do not require to be in an acute hospital, but the package is not there to to, yeah. to, to discharge them. And that's so, really got very little to do with senior decision making. Yeah. That's got to do with an integration of community services or an availability of community services. So so is it effectively then your contention that consultants this weekend are not doing much differently to what they would always have done anyway, but that the problem simply is not that there's no consultants to discharge people, it's just that there is nowhere for those people to be discharged to? Well, that's it in a nutshell. You know, if you're doing a ward round at five o'clock on a Saturday night and you want to discharge a frail elderly person who's confused, maybe early dementia, and you want to get a public health nurse and you want to get a home care package, there's nobody at the end of the line. And one of the things that you were asking, your secondary question, you asked two questions. The second one was, well, what happened this week? Well, what happened on Tuesday is the community services came back 
to work full in full kind of uh, mode. And of course, there was a lot of uh, coverage in the media, as there always is. So those services are activated now, and people are being able to be discharged. There's been no elective work, except the very most urgent elective work done in the hospitals. The senior health service management are back full time now as well. So there's more of a, a debate with the discussions with private hospitals trying to get capacity in nursing homes and so on. So that's happening this week. And also people are sitting at home looking at the coverage and this came up, I noticed when you were talking to your panel earlier, 61% of people were very reluctant to go to the G- to to uh, the emergency department. Yes, and 72% and of people said they would only go if they thought their life depended on it and 23% said they would only go if referred by a GP. So if you do that survey at this time, when there's been huge media coverage, we know that there's something like 50 excess deaths because of the really inhumane conditions in, in the emergency departments. People will sit at home and not attend. So this could be just a temporary figure as well. And then just to come back to the um, the trolley figures, the HSE trolley gar and the IMO figures are, yeah. are different. They measure different things. They count the same numbers differently. That can be confusing. And the IMO don't publish figures at the weekend. So we'll yes. have a look mm. tomorrow at the IMO figures and see what they compare yeah. with where they were on Tuesday. Because, That'll give yeah, us a better read. Because a, a question that does arise by all of this is that, you know, 260 people on trolleys, and that, that's in emergency departments only. That's one of the things which is different between the, the HSE figures and the IMO because the IMO Correct. also counts people that are in other wards away from emergency departments uh, but nonetheless the HSE's figures for, for 8 o'clock this morning 260 for 8 o'clock yesterday morning also 260 uh, for Friday 398 and for Thursday 469 now one presumes that respiratory illnesses if they are the dominant uh, factor at this time of year they don't just observe a five day week that they would occur at the same sort of distribution throughout the week so why in your mind then would the numbers have come down so materially from Thursday till now well, I think more people are getting discharged, really the community piece, you know, that I mentioned really that came back fully firing on, on Tuesday. So the ability to get people home who needed to go home, I think people will have been reluctant to attend because of the, the figures that you've already discussed with yeah. your panel at the top of the program. Uh, no elective work being done. So I think there's, there's it's multifactorial, frankly, and sometimes the presentations to ED do vary week to week. And there's a, there's a sense of if you take a data snap over a very short few periods, you can miss wider trends, obviously. If you're just looking at three or four days and saying, okay, that's a trend. Well, let's look at it over three or four weeks and see where the trend is. Uh, and, I, and you'll have a more realistic sense of where we're okay. going with all of this. So then do you think that when, when the INMO was reporting figures of over 900 across uh, emergency departments and other wards uh, and when the HSE's own figures for, for Tuesday morning said 772 people on trolleys in emergency departments, that, that is not just a an overnight backlog, that that in effect, if community care and a lot of other senior management had been downing tools over Christmas, that it's almost effectively in a way like two weeks worth of a backlog and that it's, it's of course going to take time to work through that. Well, there's elements of that, yes, and of course there has been a lot more presentations because there are there are three different viruses plus others circulating in the in the community at large. So, th- so there there's lots of factors, and it, it 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 it's it's tempting to be reductionist and you know have one or two things, but the truth is it'll be very different for different hospitals and very different for different communities. Um, around the country. So every hospital will have different pressures on it. And then you get an aggregate picture, of course, and you see the the, the, the trends. But 
I think that's the the community piece is probably one of the biggest pieces that's helped to 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 reduce the numbers. I think and reduce uh, or reluctant presentations, perhaps. Although I don't have data mm. to to back that up, we'll see that in time. So I, I suppose it, have been. yeah. So I suppose then it, it what what that reflects really is that um, you know flu or RSV or, or COVID nineteen that they're not Christmas specific phenomena that they really would be presenting at the same rate at the start of December as they might be at the start of January and again at the start of February. So it is to do with personnel management across Christmas, which is the reason why it's always so high in January. That's one reason. Of course, the other underlying reason is like, we had winter pressures in July this year, Gavin. So it, it's, you know, it, it can't all be uh, focused around the holidays and so mm. on. The people mingle more at holidays. They, they mix more, so they pick up more respiratory illnesses as well. So the epi- there's more parties. The epidemiology of all of this drives uh, presentations too. But we had winter pressures in, Ju- in July. And what we're really looking at is a chronic mismatch between capacity and demand we just have too few beds in our acute hospitals and they're they run at very high occupancy rates all year round and then when it comes to to december january february we have the same conversation every year Mm. there's a lot of media attention about it and it'll be the same next year again almost uh, certainly that we'll have the same thing but there are three or four hundred people on trolleys even in the summer uh, in in irish hospitals and what we're really looking at is just a chronic year-on-year mismatch between what our population needs as it gets older, as it gets larger, as it gets more frail, as it gets to multiple more complex illnesses and what is being provided in the the acute system. Mm -hmm. That mismatch, until it's solved, we're always going to have this circular conversation a kind of groundhog day of of talking about this every yeah. january and february so obviously th- there needs to be more capacity across every element of the system that in turn requires more staffing and that maybe is a is a separate conversation because we know how difficult it can be to, to get people who are fully trained and then to get them to stay in the irish system because there are plenty of incentives why people would would want to apply their trades elsewhere and um, but short of that capacity issue then um, if there are certain things, factors that are unique to Christmas where, where systems aren't at full um, stretch or if there, there, are, there aren't the full complement of people working across the system as there would otherwise be, would the, the straightforward, and I, I use straightforward very loosely because I know it's not an easy thing to ask people to do, but would the straightforward solution to this annual first week of January crisis simply be to have people working uh, or taking fewer holidays throughout the Christmas break because the system clearly cannot afford to accommodate so many people being off from community services in the last week of December? Well, it's a whole of system thing. You know, I think there's been some focus and, you know, the people are panicking at, at high levels of the, the HSE and the Department of Health and there's a blame game and I, I don't particularly want to get involved in that or want my members involved in that. They're, they're working hard. but. If we, it has to be a whole of system issue that all of the supports are there to discharge people uh, with pace from hospitals. But we also have to re- to, to recognise that presentations do go up over Christmas. You know, everything in emergency departments. You know, a lot of presentations in emergency departments are alcohol related. People drink more at Christmas. There's more trauma, more violence. All of these things happen at Christmas that are that put pressure on emergency departments. Um, and I think it's been made many, many times. The point by emergency colleagues that these are this is not really predominantly an emergency department problem. It's an up the house problem. It's a hospital capacity problem. Yeah. It just so happens that all of these very unfortunate patients and unfortunate staff are there in really inhumane conditions in emergency departments because there's literally nowhere else for them to go. Yeah. If you're, so you're, you're we, the front door of the facility, so that's that's where they're actually going to start showing yeah. up. Yeah. 
Um, so then, so it, basically, it seems like we're sort of unless we have dramatically more capacity across the system that you're going to have a situation where every Christmas there are more presentations but for understandable reasons elsewhere across the system there are fewer people at work so you'll naturally have this first week of January bottleneck and that's the way it's always going to be. It is the way it's always going to be, but it's it's not just the 1st of January thing. We had winter pressures in July, which I said before. So yeah. the, the, this is an acute on a chronic. This is a, a particularly uh, unpleasant time, but it's the whole year round, really. And it's not just something that unique to Christmas. I you know, probably want to move the conversation beyond just to focus on, on Christmas and look at the, the, the other 12 months or the other 11 months of the year. There's there's um, People are working under really intolerable pressures all year round, week in, week out. And it doesn't, there wasn't a break this year in June, July and August where uh, we typically would have seen uh, pre-COVID these kind of dips. They just weren't there. There were huge numbers presenting. And I, I mentioned that the in Crumlin, for example, in Temple Street, the, the pressure came on in at the end of October. So this is for mm. people who work with pediatrics, this is 12 weeks into this kind of accelerated, uh, escalated pressure moment. So it's incredibly wearing on yeah. staff yeah, and it's very difficult to recruit people into those environments. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who saw prime time during the week, like that's hardly a very good at, uh, job advertisement no. to recruit people into that environment like no. would you want to go and work it's, in that it's certainly not and as you said in, in Crumlin if they've been in an escalation procedure already for, for three months then that's really not a sustainable thing to ask staff to do all the time to be doing rounds every morning and every night when it's the same staff that were still constantly doing all of that uh, every day um, Alan we will let you go thanks very much for taking our call this lunchtime that's Professor Alan thanks. Irvine who's from the Irish Hospital Consultants Association talking to us about the current situation um, in hospitals On the Record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.